0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball, on the branded moving and storage hotline. Talk a little uh, season wrap-up here for Arkansas and everybody else, and maybe just a quick peek ahead to next year. Why not? It's never too soon. Aaron, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm good, guys. How are you?
1: Well, buddy, I'm pretty good, other than the fact that uh, baseball has come to an end for college. It was... A fun run. I want to congratulate or, I guess, give kudos to the D1 guys. You guys did a great job covering it. You guys were all over the place in Omaha, and the coverage was fantastic. And it's a sport that we've been talking about for the last couple of years has really grown in the level mm-hmm. of interest to the point where a brother can't find a hotel room for a reasonable price in Omaha. But, uh, you know, hopefully they can remedy that a little bit. But kudos to you guys, and I know you've been a part of the growth as well. It's really cool to see. I think it's just such a great sport. I'm glad America's appreciating it a little more.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride, you know, to watch the sport grow um, over the last 18 years you know, in this business. From where we were then to where we are now, it's uh, it's incredible. And, and you're right. I mean, it's it's gotten to a point where even getting a decent hotel anywhere close to the ballpark is is, is a feat. So uh, that's a good sign. That means that means we're doing something right in the sport.
1: I guess that's probably true. So Ole Miss, the unlikely champion, a team that barely got into the tournament and then works its way through, overcoming some tough odds to get there. Um, it's a story we'll be talking about for a long time. You know, Bianco obviously was on the hot seat for a while this year, maybe most of the year until they made their run. Um, I guess, what are your lasting impressions of, of Ole Miss and their, their rise to the championship?
2: Just a really neat story. You know, a team that was dead in the water uh, on May 1st. They were 7-14 and 14 in the SEC. And, uh, and, and you know, and I, I have been trying to stick with that team all year long. They were a preseason top-five team. By the time they're seven and fourteen, even I had to jump off the bandwagon. Hmm. And then, of course, right away they make their run. Right? They they kind of find find their footing, and it was really just a matter of of uh, discovering the right combinations on the mound. I think. I mean, once Dylan DeLucia settled in as the number one starter, and the freshman Hunter Elliott uh, as the number two, I think all the pieces kind of fell into place behind those two guys, and the lineup started performing more like we thought it should have all year long. I mean, this is an experienced team. I mean, the reason they were top five in the preseason, they basically every position player back from last year a super regional team. Uh, But, you know, once they got into the tournament, it kind of felt like it's one of those house money teams that's very dangerous. I mean, it reminded me a lot of Virginia in 2015 and and Oregon State in 2007. They were all teams that were preseason top 10 clubs uh, that struggled in the regular season and just barely snuck into the field as, like, the last team in. And then, you know, just went on their runs and kind of rediscovered who they were supposed to be in the first place. And uh, I thought once they were kind of Buzzed through that, that super regional in Hattiesburg and shut out some of the missed back to back games. You kind of had the feeling like these guys are really peaking at the right time, um, you know, just with their pitching, especially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, we saw it come into play in Omaha. They pitched spectacularly.
1: Well, and Arkansas had a similar path. I mean, we knew that old miss team was talented. That's why you're picked number one in the preseason. Arkansas, we knew, had a ton of talent too, and frankly didn't play up to it at the end of the regular season. But then they flipped the switch. And I think you can make a reasonable argument that they were the second-best team in Omaha.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they, they, they took all this to three games. You had a couple of really close games in the bracket final there. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I thought those two teams were, were neck and neck. And it's just kind of came down to a really great battle in that, that final game between Delucia and Connor Nolan, two guys who were legitimate, you know, aces and, and pitched like it. You know, and it was a, it was a great ball game. And, um, you know, Arkansas just – and their bats were silenced by a guy who was really pitching great baseball right now.
0: What does it say about the tournament, the postseason, where you you called Ole Miss dead in the water? We thought Arkansas was dead in the water after the SEC tournament, and yet,
1: <clears throat> no, not we, you.
0: When they went zero two in Hoover, I was and, happy, and finished the the season the way they did. We weren't thinking they were going to have much success in the postseason.
1: That makes one of us.
0: Uh, what does it say about the tournament?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, baseball's funny, isn't it? I mean, it really – you can muddle through the season and, and just be kind of pedestrian and then just flip that switch in the postseason. And so much of it depends on, you know, of course, um, the pitching, you know, just having your pitching peak at the right time. But in Arkansas' case, I mean, they really – they slug their way through that, that regional, right? I mean, that, that was the thing that we were wondering all year long, like, hey, when is this offense going to get going? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember seeing Arkansas twice in the fall and, and walking away thinking, wow, I, I love this position player group. I think this offense is going to be dynamic, even though they lost a bunch from last year's team. Um, and they just, just kind of average, you know, offensively for most of the season. Uh, and then they kind of found that extra gear. And sometimes that happens after team goes 0-2 in Hoover. You know, we saw that with South Carolina and the, the Ray Tanner era. It was like a tradition. Every year they would they'd flame out 0-2 in Hoover and then kind of take advantage of that extra prep time before regionals. And, you know, really practice hard and, and kind of find themselves and then make their runs. Uh, and I think maybe that, that happened for, for Arkansas, too. But, yeah, you're right. It has got like a team that uh, we didn't quite know who they were. I mean, it, it's funny we sit here and say, ah, oh, they didn't have a great year, but they were still 18-12 and 12 at the SEC. I mean, yeah. you know, that's hard to do. They, they had a pretty dark good season, considering it didn't feel like they were really playing close to their peak for much of the way.
1: So, yeah.
2: uh, and then once it got to postseason, it seemed like they, they were playing close to peak.
1: Well, in five straight years of 45-plus wins, the program's obviously in great shape. Aaron Fitz joining us from D1 Baseball. And Wes, just as an aside, I won't beat you up about getting off the bandwagon, but don't try to drag me into your personal hell for giving up on this team. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to beat you up for your silly picks and quitting on the team, (laughs) but don't drag me down. I don't want to be a part of that, and I will not be associated with that negativity. Uh, Aaron, the SEC West had basically an unprecedented run here with four teams there. Um... Can they keep it up, I guess? That's the question. Can they sustain that level of competitiveness? And then, obviously, you got to roll into the fact that you know Tennessee and maybe a couple of others could have made it as well.
2: Yeah, kind of crazy, right? I mean, for much of the year, the narrative was, oh, the SEC West is down because, you know, Mississippi State, the defending national champions had a terrible year and for a while. Ole Miss was having a terrible year, and those were two teams, along with Arkansas, we thought would be at the top of the standings. And so I think it kind of colored the whole perception of the division, and then Kind of quietly, Texas A&M, week after week, proved that they're for real, um, which was certainly unexpected. I mean, a team that wasn't even a regional last year, remade their roster with all the transfers, and um, you know, and struck gold. And you know, Auburn was other team that was a little bit of a surprise, more than a little bit of a surprise. You know, they, they picked to the finish last in their division in the preseason by the coaches, um, and you know, for them to go on and, and host and then make that that Omaha run, uh, I don't think a lot of us saw that coming. I certainly didn't. And yeah, I mean, it's you're not gonna get four teams from the same division in Omaha very often, but I still think that the West is the best division in college baseball and, and probably will continue to be for the foreseeable future. I mean, every program in that, that division is, is really competitive. Even, you know, Alabama I thought I thought they had a good club and, and such a meat grinder of a year. You know, they finished twelve and seventeen in the league and just missed enough regionals. But I feel like if Alabama had gotten in, maybe they could have made a run sure. too. You know, it's just it is not a bad program in that division. They're all good.
1: One of our questions of the day today, Aaron, is who would you like to, of the guys that can come back, have them back on the roster next year? I mean, Peyton Paulette, who didn't play this year because of injury, has been talked about. We loved Connor Nolan. He was one of the guys that appeared on our show every week during the season. He was fantastic, and there's been some talk, I guess, a little bit. We're going to have him on the show tomorrow about him potentially coming back, even though he— certainly we get some opportunities at the next level. And then you look at guys around the league, and I was reading a story this morning about Sonny deshera a guy that I would have thought for sure was going to go pro after the year he had this year. Um, but he's got a you know a COVID season left, and I'm not sure what his plans are. Um, and, you know, obviously he's a guy that probably projects as a DH, unless he gets in, you know, his body looking a little bit different going forward. What, uh, what about some other guys? Any, any guys that might be a little bit surprising that may come back, you think, next year?
2: It's a it's a great question. I mean, the, the draft is so different now than it used to be, and it, it's created a difficult decision for a lot of guys who are kind of on that edge, like you're talking about. You know, I mean, um, there's only 20 rounds now, and there's just a couple of fewer affiliates for each team. There's just fewer jobs, and I mean, it's tough. If you want to go play pro ball, um, you take your chances and sign, and hope you can you can make that low A club, um, or i you know, or else sit around and extend spring training for a year and then get cut. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, pro ball, they're biased against older players. I mean, it's just, you know, all the models, they, they value the young guys. And um, if you come back from another year, you're a fourth-year or fifth-year guy, I mean, are you even going to get that chance even if you have a good season the following year? I don't know what the right answer is for players. I mean, it seems like MLB is trying to turn college baseball into the, the, the feeder system, uh, and that works okay for certain guys. But other guys, it just feels like, you know, guys that would have had a chance get into pro ball and just kind of grind their way up and prove themselves year over year, they're not really getting that opportunity now. And I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough spot for those guys.
0: Robert Moore also appears on our morning show. And earlier this week, he left open the door, it seemed like, uh, the possibility of coming back. You know, Robert came to Arkansas a year early and skipped his last year of high school. Didn't have the year offensively. You know, we, we thought he would have defensively. He's awesome. What, what do you see with Robert Moore?
2: Yeah, that's one where I feel like it might make sense for him to come back for another year because, like you said, he you know he was a year young for his class, um, and and then boy, I mean he just did not perform the way that any of us expected. I mean he was a first team preseason All American for a reason, and guy that we thought could be like a Dustin victoria type first round pick, you know, and and it just he didn't he didn't perform like that. And so I feel like that's a guy that if he comes back another year, he could kind of rebuild his stock and. Uh, and go pretty good in the draft next year. So I don't know what he's going to decide. I mean, I'm sure he'll have opportunities to go play pro now if he wants them, but it might make more sense for him to come back.
1: I think that would be great. What about a couple other guys that uh, had good years for Arkansas? We've been talking about Caden Wallace, and I've seen one uh, mock draft that has him projected as a first-rounder. Would you concur with that, or where do you put him?
2: For sure, first-rounder for me. No, No doubt about it. I mean, it's just... You know, the, he's got, he has got—he checks every box. He's got all the tools. He performed. Um, he turned himself into a really good third baseman. I mean, he was really fun to watch over there. That You know, and that was something we were curious about. And I thought I saw it in the fall. I mean, "Man, this guy can really play this position. But then he, he had to go out and do it over the course of the spring, and he did. You know, I think he's a big, big third baseman. Uh, I know scouts love the swing, the athleticism, the whole package. So I, I think there's no question he's a first-rounder.
0: Peyton Paulette missed this season with an arm injury. Had Tommy John, and uh, I, I thought I, I just assumed he would be. You know, he's back next year, and uh, hopefully that arm is as good as ever. And then our our uh, play-by-play and color guy, we were talking to him. They're like, no, he's going to get drafted. You know, it's just a, uh, how much money can he get? And, it, it, and maybe he comes back, but he may be gone. What What do you see for Peyton Paulette?
2: Yeah, that's that's one. I mean, these teams nowadays, I think they realize there's only so many bullets in, in an arm. You know, everybody pulls out, and this guy's already had the surgery once. But, I mean, when he's healthy, you see the stuff. I mean, and the projection. But, I mean, it's, you know, obviously premium velocity, but also premium breaking ball. I mean, you don't see guys that spin the breaking ball at 3,300 3, RPM, and that's big league elite, like the top 1%, of the major leagues, that kind of stuff. And, but, you know, I think based on just the metrics, um, teams aren't afraid to draft guys that are hurt. You know, and, and it'd be different, I guess, if he had a little bit of a longer track record before he got hurt. Then I think he'd be a no doubter, even even as a first-rounder, even though he's had surgery. But uh, yeah, I suspect that's the guy that somebody's going to make a real run at in the draft.
1: Do you anticipate, and we've seen a lot of it in all sports, Aaron, you anticipate a ton of movement in the portal for baseball?
2: Yeah, so much movement, and to the point where it's. Kind of a impossible right now to sit down and try to pick your, your early eight for Omaha like we usually try to do right after the World Series because we don't know what the roster is going to look like. You know, I mean, in the next month, so much is going to change. The, the portal is insane. You know, there's more than 2,000 guys in there right now, and um, we're still waiting for a lot of the big dominoes to fall. So, you know, just again, look at what Texas AM did last year. You know, totally made their roster with like seven or eight impact transfers, and they're a different team. And uh, I was talking to one coach in the SEC the other day who said, Man, I, you know, I don't even know if we're going to recruit freshmen anymore. I mean, you should see the portal right now. It's, you, just, you just hit that thing hard. That's all you got to do. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite that extreme. That's probably a little exaggeration. You still need some freshmen to build your program around, but you can make a huge, huge splash in the portal, and I think more and more teams are going to take that route.
0: Is that what you see Arkansas doing? I think they already have three in the portal, signed, or committed from the portal. But, I mean, you look at the roster, the lineup that they had against Ole Miss, you got Peyton Stovall. And that could be it. That's coming back in the field. Is that what Arkansas may be looking at this year? Yeah, that's a good
2: point, and I suspect that is correct. I mean, they did a good job of the portal last year. You know, obviously when huh? Gillie and Dillian Turner were were huge parts of this team. Um, you know, I thought Jace Forrest was going to be a bigger part too. That didn't really mm-hmm. work out for him. But uh, you know, they'll go out there and find those guys. There's no question about it. I mean, it just makes makes too much sense, especially when you're losing all those older players.
1: Lanzilli came up big at the series. What what uh kind of pro potential do you see for him, Aaron?
2: I mean, he has got power. You know, he's always had power. He has a long track record. He's been an all American before at Wake Forest. Um, he's just an older guy and you know, you wonder if I'm gonna give him a shot. You gotta imagine at this point. But like he's he's put up numbers before and gone on undrafted. I know that bothered him. Uh but I hope he gets a chance this time around and, and uh you know he could get there i mean it's, uh, it's the guy that i think the defense is, is always a knock on him i know that some of the scouts have questioned over the years uh, but i think the bat gives him a chance
0: another year came and, and uh, people were hoping this is the year that uh, van horn finally gets that title especially around here but i know he's well liked around the country too just your thoughts on Coach Van Horn and what you see from afar, looking in at what he does, this program, and the fact that he hasn't won a title yet.
2: Yeah, he's as good as there is. I mean, he's you know just look at the consistency of this program over the last two decades in the most competitive, demanding meat grinder uh, division and conference in general, and in all in all sports. I mean, basically, it's nuts. The SEC baseball is nuts. And, uh, you know, I just think it's, it's so hard to be in regionals every single year, to host as much as they have, to, to Omaha as much as they have. Uh, I still feel like it's just a matter of time before they break through and win it all. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes takes guys a while, you know, and, and sometimes they don't get there. I mean, look at Mike Martin with Florida State, and I don't think it diminishes his career that he never won the big one. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved to have won it, and a lot of people probably disagree with me and think I'm an idiot for saying it doesn't diminish his career, but, I mean, that doesn't define who you are as a coach or who you are as a professional. I I think the consistent excellence is is really what I look for, and and Ben Horn certainly has achieved that.
1: (laughs) I agree with you 100%. But I have to also say poor Mike Martin because he's like the gold standard of great success for a guy who didn't win one. (laughs) So he always gets mentioned in that realm. And I hope that for Coach Van Horn's sake he doesn't join him there. But you can't deny the success of those two guys. I mean, they've been great coaches for a long time and and put up a lot of wins. And, look, we talked about the level of the program. And I I, I made the argument earlier this week, and, you know, some people will disagree, but I wouldn't trade places with Ole Miss if I was Arkansas from a program level standpoint. I don't want to do – I wouldn't trade really Arkansas for anybody right now. And even though they haven't won a title, I mean, I, you're not going to find a program that's much healthier than Arkansas is.
2: Yeah, I agree 100. Agree you know, and, uh, would you tell me you'd rather be Arkansas and be in Omaha all the time, you know, or would you rather be Fresno State and have one national championship and, and not even be in the postseason since then? I mean, or Coastal me, Carolina I, I, yeah. I, 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 for me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me, I'll take the consistent effort.
1: Mm-hmm. Me too. Gives us something to look forward to every year because you know they're going to be in the mix. Aaron, thanks for the time. Great coverage this year. I appreciate you guys at D1, and uh, we will certainly get you guys on again here not too far down the road.
2: All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, thanks.
1: Aaron. Aaron Fit at D1 Baseball. Really good stuff. Seriously, those guys do a great job, and Kendall Rogers, the whole group. I mean, they're really fantastic. So if you like college baseball, you got to keep up with those guys. Great follows on Twitter, too.